You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood, a podcast by fathers for fathers, where we uh we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Uh, and I got another guest with me today, man, and I'm really excited about this one. I I, I had the privilege of playing college football with this with this young man. Um, he was phenomenal. He, he was phenomenal, um, and he's become even more of a dynamic person uh, after football, um, and, and has gone on to do great things. So I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, I got brother Joe Johnson here today. Doctor, so excuse me, Dr. Joe Johnson. <laughs> Let me disrespect you there, player. Put some <laughs> Joe, respect on my name, though. <laughs> how you doing, brother? Man, I'm great, man. Appreciate you. Um, it's been a minute we've been trying to go back and forth, man. But, man, I'm excited to have this conversation, man. And it's good it, It's good to see your transition, too, man. You went, you, you, you just slimmed all the way down on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. After I got done playing, I'm like, bro, why am I carrying this weight around like this? I like, you know, my knees don't need to hurt like this in the morning. Like, I just don't need to feel like this. So made that change and, and been been holding on to it ever since. That's right. That's right. All right. So so, Joe, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, I, I'm you know, I, I can go off of, off of college stuff. But but what is what is what is Joe Johnson? What is Joe Johnson doing right now? Yeah. So when people ask me that question, I always tell them. I am a uh, an angelic disruptor, right? Ooh. And what that means yeah. for me is I want to get into people's minds so they can totally think differently than what the world, society, parenting, traditional education. You need to be able to think for yourself, right? And when you talk about those, those you know, those four S of fatherhood. Right. That spirituality piece is extremely important. And so for me, spirituality is connected to purpose. So everything that I do is helping individuals unleash, not find or discover their purpose, because you don't find or discover your purpose. Your, Your purpose is here already. So it's about unleashing it into the world. So what I do is I go around and I mentally decapitate people so they can think differently and then turn that into action and be intentional and purposeful in their lives. Man, I don't know if y'all could tell, but this brother speaks to people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that might be the most dynamic answer I've ever gotten. Uh, yeah, that, whoa, okay. Decapitating people. Damn. That's dope. That's dope. So, so how long have you been, uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I'm going to say, man, almost 20 years now, since 06 is when I started. Okay. So, I mean, think about it, though, as athletes, and I tell people this all the time, as as athletes, you're used to being in front of an audience, right? You're used to performing in front of an audience. And when I finished college and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I've worked in K-12 as a school counselor. I've worked in higher education. I've worked in corporate America. 
And in all of those spaces, my soul kept saying, this ain't it. This ain't it, right? And I had to find a career that gave me the same high as playing sports. And okay. speaking does that for me. You practice, there's an audience, it's game time. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That that uh like being able to get back on the on the stage like that and, and, and show out, like show what you've been working on and, and see the yeah. response of the crowd and yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um you but, but, you've been disrupting but, but, but right, it's it's even more fulfilling because you know, when you play in sports, you know, you get the win, the accolades, all that stuff, right? You might go to the NFL, whatever. But when somebody emails you and says, I was thinking about suicide, but when I heard you, my whole perspective on life adjusted. That's a different yeah. feeling, right, than sports. Yeah, yeah, that hits you somewhere special, right? Like yeah. that, that, the, the roar of the crowd is fleeting, right? That, go, that comes and goes, and they boo you the same way they cheer you <laughs> on, right? But, <laughs> but to right. get that to get that message, uh, that email, something like that is is life changing, not only for you but for the people that you're speaking to. And so exactly. being able yeah. to go go beyond just yourself and, and gratifying yourself and being able to help people is is phenomenal, That's phenomenal. Right. So um, so so you've been speaking for a while, like dude, you've been like first of all, you've been a disruptor for a long time. Let me go back. You had the cleanest dorm room I've ever seen in the history of dorm room. <laughs> like to the point where I I remember I first walked in and I'm like, he's got like a model dorm room. Like, you know, you go into a model house and everything is <laughs> set up. Like, bro, do you live here? Like, it, it, come <laughs> on, man. It made, me, it made me think about my room. Like, man, I need to go straighten up, man. We can go to this party later. I need to go clean my room. <laughs> hey, I didn't play no games, man, because like my, my father... My father was in the in the military, right? And it, it wasn't that he forced me to think like that, like always having stuff in order, but I just grew up like making my bed, um, you know, putting stuff in order. And I'm just a clean individual. And, you know, back in the day, you know, I was Joe Stud. So you can't come in my room as a young lady and it's terrible up in there, you know? <laughs> I ain't Joe Stud no more, though. Let me be very clear. My wife, you know, she might laugh at that, but, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one for you for sure, for sure, clean, bro. I like I said, I've never in in all the all the years of college, all the dorm rooms I've been to, guys and girls, it was the cleanest room I've ever seen, and it literally made me consider like, yo, I need to make sure my room is straight. Like, <laughs> like this is that like I'm I'm a pretty clean dude too, but I was like, damn, I'm embarrassed about my room right now. Like I need to go back. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's dope. So so how many kids you got? Got two sons. Yeah. Ten and ten and almost eight. Ten and eight. So we we about the we about the same because my my daughter my oldest just turned ten. My youngest will be eight October first. See, yep, right there, right there, yep. Yeah, yeah. So so uh so you mentioned you mentioned your father being in the military. Um, how how is their your relationship with your dad? It's good. I think my my father when my my parents got divorced. Uh, okay. I was very young. And my, my father's very chill, you know what I'm saying? Um, but what's interesting is when I moved with my mother in elementary, was it elementary school? Uh, when I moved with my mother, no, this was, I left sixth grade, sixth grade. 
Um, it was interesting because I would hear, you know, the parents sometimes still got animosity towards each other. So you hear a little stuff about your pops. And it was interesting because my father was so quiet and just calm. You know what I'm saying? And my mother, she ain't playing no games. I mean, she whooping ass. She like, you know what I'm saying? She real, she's super nice and sweet, but you don't mess with her. And so I knew not to mess with my mama. But I'm saying all this to say they had some friction. But do you not know, after 30 years, they finally had a conversation and they got remarried. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's different. That's different. It's very different. Very different. So I'm a grown man now. And I'm like, I can't believe they, 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 they together. You know what I'm saying? And so... The relationship that I've had my father been to say, he, he always said he loved me. He always, you know, we would talk on the phone, all that stuff. But my mother, I would, I would say, get, was like the, the meat of everything that I learned. You know what I'm saying? Got you. Got you. So you, so you, uh, you moved in with your mother in sixth grade and then you stay with, stay with moms all the way through or were you kind of split in time or? Uh, all the way through. Uh, my father was, in a different state. And then he moved my senior year in high school. He had, I think he retired from the military and he came back to Milwaukee where I'm from. And so it was cool for him to, you know, come to my games, football and basketball, cause your boy was balling on both, both sports. You know what I'm saying? Went to the state championship in basketball, player of the year in football. Anyways though, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was most of the time with my, with my mother. Got you. Got you. Got you. Uh, yeah, I, you know what's funny is I didn't I didn't realize that you had played basketball seriously. You know what I mean? When we was in college, I never really thought about it. You noon ball, right? You was balling the noon ball, but everybody thought they was balling the noon ball. Um, and then I, I kind of looked back, was like, oh man, he actually played a little like real ball, like <laughs> so that like I, I didn't I had no idea, bro. So you you at one point was was probably going to be a basketball player prior, or like before being a football player. Like, would you have considered? being playing basketball first yeah before, football always before we were in school together i went to a juco in arizona i went there to play football ended up playing basketball uh, and i i was i was so a lot of people don't know the story i went to arizona western community college and it was people from cali texas georgia so you know when you go going to play football with people from them states they think they the cream of the crop they think they better than everybody right and I was balling, you know what I'm saying? And the coach called me in the office one day and cut me. And I was like, hold on, what? And and we were so deep. And I said, all right, cool. So I went. I ended up playing basketball, but I was so mad because when somebody does something like that, that's telling me you don't think I could, I, I could crush it out here, right? So that's right. when I went to a different community college in Kansas to, to get back ready for football. And then I ended up coming up, up to uh, Michigan Tech. Oh wow, yeah, I I had no idea, bro. Yeah, had no idea. Yeah. So so um so after after so you end up playing football, right? You, you we played together. Then then you then you bounced, right? We had the whole team got cut, and you had to make. Yep, yep. And I think I, I I tell that story all the time because it's like it's not 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 about you, obviously, but just the story in general. Um, because that's that's one of those times like the the adversity and overcoming it, and I think everybody everybody handled it the way that they needed to handle it. And from everyone that I've talked to involved in it, right. Everybody kind of 
made a decision that ended up working out best for them. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I talked yeah. to anybody that was like, man, I, oh, I wish I would have did this. Yeah. or I wish I would have did that. Everybody's like, yo, I ended up where I was supposed to be. Um, yeah. So, so you ended up transferring. Y'all won the championship right, right that year after, right? Yeah, we were number one in the nation. Um, yeah. We ended up losing um, in the playoffs by like three. Uh, we should have won nationals that year. But, you know, we had a lot of people go to NFL. I got a chance to work out for NFL teams, all that stuff. But I think the the, the biggest thing, man, when you talk about what happened at, at, at Michigan Tech, um, for me, I was used to winning, right? And so from elementary, middle school, high school, I won championships. And so right. to come there and, and do great as an individual – but be, but be a mediocre as a team, I didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? I would rather go somewhere, have less stats, but win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I was up for, you know, what was equivalent to the Division II Heisman and all that all that stuff. That's cool. But when you're losing, I mean, what that mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting, man, because I felt like we had – a decent amount of talent, right? We had yeah. some spots where we needed we needed help, right? Sure. But I feel like we had we had a decent amount of talent. We just couldn't put it together, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and that that event, them cutting the team and then bringing it back and like kind of guys, you know, bonding together, um, really kind of pulled it out of everybody. You know what I mean? I felt like the program was like cool, just doing this. You know yep, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we were just gonna float, and if we be five hundred, we be five hundred. If we, exactly. you know, we were six and four, that's a good year. Like, yep, um, yep. I don't feel like we really ever had a challenge to force us to to really play like we played uh, the the year we we won the one conference. Um, but I think in life you need you need some of those moments, right? And that was my first like real as an adult, right? You have those things as a kid, but it's not much you can do as a kid when these, these big life-changing events happen. You just kind of go with wherever your parents make you go, right? Yeah. But as an adult, that was my first chance to like, okay, I need to get my, like, I need to get my affairs in order. I need to make sure that I'm the best player that I could be for this team, the best student I could be. Like, I, I, I had to rethink what I was doing. And I felt like a lot of guys had to do the same thing. And then, you know, because of that, dudes start playing. Like, I mean, like guys was showing up week after week um with with no like we had that summer you know in the summer people go home right mm -hmm. people we out like ain't nobody staying up there there's nothing to do in the summer <laughs> no, right. but my senior year that summer we had like 87 guys stay up <sighs> like that's almost that's almost the whole squad you know what i mean yep. minus you know a few guys that have to go far away so guys made a commitment and i think that was important for me because like now just easier just to make commitments like okay this is what we're doing right, right. as a as a father as a man this this is what we're doing adversity strikes all right cool time to step up yeah right yeah so so I, i'm always thankful for that moment that's why i talk about it a lot you know i share with my players i talk about it with other people is because that was probably one of those times i, I call my dad crying like mm. <laughs> we left the, we left the uh the wood gym and i got yeah. home and i was like dad i don't know what i'm gonna do man like right. i'm gonna have to come home and we, you know, coaches start calling like right away, right? You start getting recruited like right away. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I was devastated, <laughs> you know, because I didn't have no plan B at that point. You know what? And that, it's it's crazy because I think at that at that time, you know, we were 18, 19, however old we was, 20, I don't know, 21, I don't know. But at that time, I wasn't thinking about what everybody else was doing. I was like, what am I going to do? 
I could yeah. care less what everybody else was doing. Um, and like a lot of people don't even know this, bro. And I, 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 I'll share it because, you know, I, I can care less now. Um, <laughs> when I ended up Saginaw, they, I, I, I went and had a secret meeting with, with the head coach, right? Yeah. They came and picked me up, drove me to uh, Saginaw to drive myself off, then drove me to Milwaukee. Like, you know, it was like, you know, people didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was cool at the time to feel like, okay, bam. You know, I'm, I, I get, I'm getting these special privileges. But what what hurt was the fact that I found out that me being one of the best players at Tech, I wasn't getting the scholarship money that I should have got. Mm. And I didn't learn that till after the fact. And this is this is why when people get mad at, like, professional players when they leave and go to other squads, I'm like, don't do that because it's a, bit, it, it, it's a business for some. And if they can take advantage of you, they will take advantage of you if you're not privy to information. Right, so right. Yeah, saying, 100%. So that, and, and Bernie, he was mad at me for some years. And I, I can care less. I'm like, man, I had to get up out of there. Like, especially after I found out she was playing me, man, I was gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bernie take everything personally though, right? Everything is personal with him. There was no there's no like, you know, I mean obviously it's business, right? But he took business personal. Right. Yeah. He, he's upset about everything. So <laughs> no, nah, but you did the right thing. You did the right thing, right? You made the right move. You did what you what was in your best interest because as a program, they was doing what was in their best interest. Right. Yeah. yeah. So all right, let's fast let's fast forward. So um you, you finish up at school. Yeah, opportunity to to try to play in the NFL. Um, that doesn't go the way you want it to. Um, and I know there's there's got to be some feelings tied around that at that time, right? Because you know that's you know people look up that that's the dream, right? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't work out. Um, and so then you mentioned you go into the education space. How how was that transition from from being uh, Harlan Hill finalist Joe Johnson uh, to to you know counselor counselor Johnson? So this is what happened. You know, I, I, I'm realizing I don't I haven't really shared this story a lot. Um, what happened was I ended up once I graduated from um, Saginaw, I worked out for the teams. I didn't get a call no, from any of the NFL teams. So I told myself, I said, yo, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going hard for a year. I had a trainer. I was working. I went to work and I had a trainer. That's all I did. And then I ended up working out for um, at the CFL camp getting it in, right? And this uh, one of the teams was really feeling me. And then they called me, said they went bankrupt for the, the upcoming year. I said, what? And wow. it was like tech all over again. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was at the point when that happened, um, I ended up going to play arena. For I was in Atlanta. Then I went back to Michigan to uh, play arena football. And I realized, like, as a running back, arena is not what's up. And the other thing is, I didn't love football. <laughs> I was just good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love basketball. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that story, and I just was like, you know what, I'm done. It is what it is. Did it hurt when, you know, when it was over? It hurt, and I couldn't watch football for a minute. But I was like, I don't even like it. Like, some people love football. I, I wasn't like that. I was just good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, I, like, all right, you you said it, and and obviously you're you're more introspective now, but like that that's normally crushing for guys, right? It's normally like 
it, it break you down, right? When you finally, because, because, and, and luckily for you, you had kind of like a dual identity, right? Like you play basketball and you play football. But for guys who just play football, that's that's what they've assigned their identity to is I'm a football player and this yeah. is what I do. Um, and they're not even really taking school serious. Like they're going to school for football, right? And so then yeah. when football yeah. gets taken away, they don't really know how to handle it. They don't have the uh, emotional intelligence to overcome that. How were you able to, to do that? Well, I was the same way. My identity was Joe Johnson, the athlete, right? Football and basketball. Then it was just football in college because that's you know my first year was football and basketball but then it was just football and when I worked out for those NFL teams and I didn't get a call that hurt that hurt right there um because a couple of my homies they ended up um going as free agents from 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 school right um and it hurt but 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 I think just like you I think I cried I called my mother I called my grandmother and it was a point where I was just like it is what it is. Now, how are we going to move forward? And that's when I said, I'm going to give it another year and I'm going to work out with a trainer, you know, CFL stuff, tried that, did the arena. And it, it wasn't meant to be. That's how I look at it. My I was supposed to go through that. Um, and I ended up going to graduate school because I met a professor when I was working um, at Enterprise Rental Car and I was playing arena at the same time. <laughs> okay so so professor uh kind of talked you into going back to school or or talked to you about just changing change letting letting it go or like how did how did that work out well enterprise you know they're they're um what they say is we'll pick you up so if you rent the car they'll come pick you up and bring you back to you know to get the car and i was yeah. taking him home and his name was dr lonnie duncan um you know rest in peace he passed away but he was one of the coolest black male professors in the uh, uh, counseling psychology program. And I ended up meeting him and another black professor, um, Dr. Joe Morris, and ended up having a conversation with them. And I ended up getting into that program on a probationary status. Cause you gotta understand when I came out of high school, I had a 1.6. When I came out of college, I only had a 2.4. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like my grades were screaming, go to grad school. Right. It was just kind of like after having a conversation with him, I said, huh, I'm going to look into it. And I did. And it ended up being the best decision because I was actually doing great in school because it was stuff that I liked counseling field. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's how I ended up uh, in graduate school. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, it's important to, uh, to kind of note just real quick is that, uh, both of those, both of the gentlemen, Lonnie sounds like he's a black man. Both of the gentlemen are black. Both right? of them are black men. Yeah. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I, I have one, I think I might have had one in, in all five years of college, one black professor. Um, shoot, I don't even know if she was black, though. She might have been. It, it, was, it was at a JUCO. Okay, so okay. I, yeah, honestly, I didn't have none at Tech. Everybody, I was I was in a biomedicine. At, oh, at yeah, tech. you definitely had. Everybody was white. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the representation, you know, having, having somebody in that field, being able to talk to you, and, and, and I'm sure – speak to you like in in the language that you understand and being able to kind of convey the, the message um definitely probably helped push you in that way or at least allowed you to open your ears to hear it more oh, yeah. um and and i think that we don't have not that we don't have enough of it because i know it's people that's doing it and i don't want to you know discredit them or act like they're not getting it done but representation matters for sure um oh, yeah. and having having two two black male right professors um 
took you like you say you wasn't you wasn't a rock star in school like and, right. and, and maybe and not because you're not smart right because you always seem smart to me like it wasn't what it wasn't like you just probably didn't like school like school was just yeah. whatever i'm gonna go to these classes because i got to but it's you know, yep. whatever um and then to to see you excel to to the point where now you're, you're a doctor like yeah. was that, is, that, is that something you ever saw yourself being was a doctor hell no <laughs> no man absolutely not and I, and I think what happened was when I was doing my masters um, so it, see I, I'm going to share this and I don't even share this a lot when I was doing my masters I enjoyed what I was doing I was in a counseling space right and the faculty said you know what you should apply for our PhD program we really like you blah 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 I was like, yo, let me get through this master's thing first. Like, chill out. Let me let me get. And so I ended up applying. I interviewed. And these blank blanks denied me. I said, wait a minute. You all been pressuring me to apply. I apply, interview, and then you deny me? Oh, bro, that pissed me off right there. Yeah. Right? Like, imagine, like, somebody saying, we really want to hire you. We want you. They're recruiting you hard. Right. You go apply, you do the interview and it's like, and my interview wasn't even bad. I know that for sure. Right. But this is what happened, because when you understand this game that you plan in, I what I did was I said, oh, so once again, I got somebody telling me that I can't do something. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I applied for another master's. And what I did is I took some of the classes that I would have to take in the Ph.D. program. Uh. I aced those. And then I had two other schools, um, University of Iowa wanted me. I got into University of Iowa, right? But then University of Florida, I ended up getting married and my wife got a job down there. And I ended up meeting those professors and I ended up getting there. And that was ranked like top three schools in the nation, University of Florida, it was top three. So I, it wasn't meant for me to be at Western Michigan where they did that to me. But guess what? You kill them with success. You don't get mad. They ended up calling me a couple years later saying, oh, we want you on our magazine, blah, blah, blah. And what did I do? Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's dope, man. So so you end up in Florida. Um, you got your you got your, uh, your PhD down in Florida? At the University of Florida. Yep, I was working for the University of Florida. Okay. And I got my PhD. So when you work for them, they pay for it. I was hustling the system, baby. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best way to do it, man. That's yep. the best way to do it. So, so you got married. You moved down. When, when, uh, b between marriage and, and getting your PhD, when did you guys uh, have your have your first your first child? Uh, 2012. We got to Florida in 2011. Boop boop. That next year, she had she had our first son, Jojo. <laughs> and then how was how was how was that? Were you, you were still in school, right? Like you're still in school. You working. You're in school, yep. your wife is working, now she's pregnant, and now you're about to have a baby. How was how was that uh how was wrapping your head around that? It was crazy because I was working full time at the university. Mm -hmm. I was in school full time. I was building my own business, Joe Johnson Group, right? Yeah. I was writing two books at the time. You know what I'm saying? And then this baby coming, I'm like, man, when she told me she was pregnant, I felt like I was in high school and, and then somebody telling me they're pregnant. I was like, what? But then I was like, dang, I'm growing to marry. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was so, scary, though, man. That's, it was scary. I ain't going to lie to you. 
Yeah, man. It sounds like you had a lot going on. Uh, you know, two books, you got you building your business, you in school, you got all these things going on. Um, and then you throw throw fatherhood on top of it. Um, you know, going from going from like being, you know, student, businessman, husband, entrepreneur to now father. Um, did you did you have was there some changes that you made with yourself or, or some things that you changed or you just kind of like just added that into the fold? Both. I added it, but there was a lot that I had to learn. For for example, I remember one time um, my wife said to me, like, you know, you your mind is always everywhere, right? And I was like, what you talking about? She was like, you know, you need to be a little bit more present, mm-hmm. right? And so when I was with my kids, what I realized, I would be sitting there, but I might be on my laptop, they're watching cartoon like i'm not like just with them right right? so i was there but i wasn't present you feel me and so i had to learn to give them time with me not time with my laptop and you know halfway doing this i had to learn that i had to be there and if they want me to watch the same damn cartoon over and over again i need to watch the same cartoon (laughs) yeah yeah let, let's stay with that because that's something that a lot of guys struggle with, man. And I know I had I had that struggle and I had to overcome it myself. Is like you want you want to be there, right? Because you know that that's important. But at the same time, you got to pay these bills and you got these dreams and ambitions and goals for yourself that you're trying to chase. And then you you got to be a good husband and and so you got all these things kind of running through your head. Um, was was there was there something? Obviously, you you did it right. Like you just you just boom, put your hand down. It's like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be present. Um, but was that, was that a process or was it just like a, uh, you know, you flipped the switch and then, you know, you was, you was, you was super dad. <laughs> Definitely wasn't no flip the switch, but it's a, it's a process, man, because I, I believe that every one of us in this world, we're seeking and searching for meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're on this journey of trying to figure out who you are and which is your identity and what you should be doing, which is your purpose, that's a journey within itself. So when you have everything else happening, it's rough. And if you're with an individual who are who's not tapped in or aligned with their purpose, there can be a lot of struggle there in partnership, right? In that relationship, in fatherhood, and I'm talking man or woman, right? Motherhood. And so when you're able to sit and and realize and be in that sweet spot of your purpose, it's easier to be a father. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Talk to us about that a little bit, man, because because you know, we hear all the time you should you should be pursuing your passions and and you know, chasing your dreams and um you you talk a lot about purpose. Like how how do I how do I know if something is my purpose or if it's just my passion or if it's a you know how do I how do I separate like how do I figure out what what it is that I should be chasing I guess I should say mm-hmm. yeah so the first thing you 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 know a lot of times we have uh, debates or arguments about certain words and and certain phrases or whatever and a lot of times people are speaking from two different definitions of things right. And so I always say, let's go to the fundamentals 
of what the word means. So if you look at the fundamental definition of the word dream, it's thoughts or ideas that may or may not come true. Okay. If you go and look at the fundamental definition of purpose, it's the reason for which something or someone exists. That alone for me, purpose is more powerful than this word dream. But so many of us throughout our lives been told, dream big, follow your dreams. And I get it. And there's a lot of people doing that. But a lot of people get to what they thought, what they think they want as their dream. And they realize it has nothing to do with their purpose. Purpose and dreams are not the same thing. And it's a feeling, right? I tell people, it's a feeling where you know this is it right here. But this is the tricky part. Because the way in which most people are taught in terms of purpose is like, I'm going to find and discover my purpose. And I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. That's not real. That's not real. What it is, is this. You have to tap into the initial layer of your purpose, and then you'll get introduced to all the other layers of your purpose. Right. And so for me, it was speaking. I never knew. I always felt that. Hmm, I shouldn't be working as a school counselor. I shouldn't be doing this. I just couldn't figure it out. And once I unleashed this feeling of being a speaker and I did it, man, I got opportunities coming left and right. I was in rooms with people I never thought I would be in rooms with. I was asking and getting money that I didn't think I would ever get. And so that's what I mean by you have to tap into that initial layer first, and then you'll get introduced to the layers of the different levels of your purpose. Got you. Got you. Got you. So you just kind of you got to you got to tap in, you got to plug in and, and see and see if that's it. Um, well, and it, let me it, add this. Let me add this, too, because it's important. This is important. There's a level of. Trial and error. There's a level of let me dip my toes in this to see, because what so many what so many people are doing nowadays is they're borrowing the goals of their parents or people who are adults and, and are raising And What I mean by that is when you go to college, I'm not paying for your, your college tuition if you don't do engineering, if you don't do biomedical, if you don't do, right? And that has nothing to do with the love of the individual, what they want. And now they're doing stuff that has nothing to do with what's here because somebody said that's where the money is. And then they get pissed off at themselves and the people who told them to go there. So it's important for us to nurture the gifts of, that we have and the gifts of others, especially our children. I didn't mm -hmm. never, my sons just now started playing sports. I didn't tell them, hey, play football, play basketball. I was like, let me put them in everything. Let me see what they want to do. My son, he's a little actor, dancer, singer. Like, he's an entertainer. My youngest, oh, y'all better watch out for him. That boy going to be a beast. He's going to be a beast <laughs> on that. I don't know what it's going to be, boxing, football, basketball, soccer, but he got the, the, uh, he got it in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you? So let me. Do you? Do you think that that purpose finds you, right? Because I know you. We talked about like chasing things, but like, do you think that you find your purpose, or your purpose finds you? No, bro. Listen, listen. This is and this is my perspective. Um, I truly believe if you believe in source, if you believe in God, if you believe in whoever you believe in, I believe, right, that God plants whatever here you're here for a reason right remember what's the definition of purpose the reasons for which something or someone exists right so if you believe in source if you believe in a higher power you believe in god 
For me, it's here. That's why I say it don't find you because it's already here. Mm. But you have to do the things right. Working on yourself, right. Removing all those traumatic experiences. You got to do some healing work in order to be able to say, that's it. There it is. Everybody yeah. looks outside for what's really right here. And that's part of the issue we have in this world. Everybody's looking at everything. We're looking for people to tell us what we should do. We're looking for people to tell us, oh, this is how we should feel. Listen, when you do that work on yourself and you learn who you are, right? When you do that healing, you release that trauma. When you release all of those, that, that negative mindset, that folks, man, you're going you to feel it and you're going to know exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that because I... I've told this story before on the podcast is that actually in 2011, I was in Florida too, uh, for at least half the year. Um, I was working with the New York Mets at the time. Um, and just, you know, in strength and conditioning, like working with a professional team is like the top, right? Like you get to work yeah. in the pros, like that's what everybody wants to do. And I was there and I'm like, this ain't it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like, yo, it's cool, but I'm, you know, after, after all the baseball activities is done, I'm going back to the apartment by myself, um, sitting there and I'm like, man, this is not, this ain't it. This ain't it. So I, I, I had that feeling and I'm just thinking maybe I'm just lonely, right? Cause my wife isn't there. She's back in California and I'm like, oh, I'm just lonely. Um, and so I go through the first season, uh, get halfway through the second and find out that she's pregnant. And I felt like, like literally immediately, like, I felt like I got pierced. You know what I mean? When she said, Hey, um, I'm late. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, uh, where are you going? Like, what you mean? You late? <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, I think I'm pregnant. I, I took a test and, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta go to the doctor. And, and immediately dog, I'm telling you, like, I felt like something was like, that's it. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna be a dad. And I forgot all about, I'm, I'm a coach. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get to major league. Like I forgot all about all that. And I was like, yo, I talk, I called my coordinator. I was like, yo, I'm gonna ride this season out because I made a commitment, but um, I don't think I'm coming back. And he was like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? Cause I, I had, I had, I was strength coach of the year that year. I was up to be promoted to triple a after that season. Like I was, I'm one step away from the big leagues. Yeah. He's like, what are you crazy, man? You like have her move out. I'm like, yo, I can't. First of all, she has a life. She has a career and she's, you know, she's doing what she's doing. And I can't imagine me being all over the country while she's going through this pregnancy by herself. Can't imagine my daughter potentially being born and I'm on some baseball field, like stretching some guy out, you know, or in a weight room, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Spotting a squat. Like I just, I can't, man. I, you know, I can, I can pursue strength and conditioning from home where I'm supposed to be. And he was like, yeah, I under he had, he had a couple, you know, I think he had four, four kids. And he's like, I understand. Um, but if you change your mind, let me know. And I, you know, season ended and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to change my mind. Like my exit interview, I was like, yeah, I'm not, it's not, yeah, I'm not coming back. So um, I was like, y'all get a California team. Sure. You know, what yeah. I mean? I won't, yeah, but, but nah, man, I'm, I'm staying in California. I gotta, I gotta be there for my kids and, like it is it, even to this day. And this is why I do this podcast is because fatherhood is so important to me yeah. in my own kids lives. But then also being able to have other fathers share their experiences so that other fathers can take those experiences and become better fathers. Like just building out a community of, of great fathers. I feel too selfishly one is going to make the world better for my daughters. Right. Because 
I want them to have a, a, a better world than we're in right now. But then two is if, if fathers get better, just by default, the world gets better, right? So this is my gift back to the world. Like God gave me them and I'm going to try to give better fathers to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I felt like it, it, like I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know how it feels for everybody else when they, when they find their purpose. And, and, but for me, it was like, that's it. Like it, I was, yeah. I was certain, like I was 100% <laughs> certain. Like there was no wavering. There was no, like, you know, that shaky phone call. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I was like, yo, I'm out. And, well, and but this is the thing, Ron, and you, you're hitting it on the money. Um, I remember being at the university of Florida. Once again, I had my first son. No, I had my second son too. All of that, I told you was going on. Working full time, school full time, building a business, fatherhood. And for for like a year or two, I kept saying, I gotta leave working at the University of Florida. And you know how you keep saying, I'ma leave, I'ma leave. And it's like, you still, you still there. Like a year, two, three, four, five, ten 10 years later, you still there. And I said to myself, Man, I know this ain't right. And so what I did, and 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 to be very honest and, and blunt, I don't go to church. Um, but my relationship has got with God has gotten deeper with the work that I've been doing uh, on my own and with you know some of the spiritual leaders that I follow, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember just praying and praying and praying. And when it felt good right here. I set the date. I said, no matter what, I'm out. But it was the feeling that I got right here. And that's why I believe your purpose is connected to your soul. And there's a spiritual connection there that a lot of people don't understand. And when you're not in alignment spiritually, right? I say mindset, heart set, soul set. When there's a, when there's a misalignment, you're not going to be able to see what you need to see or feel what you need to feel. Because a lot of people have those feelings of, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be in this relationship, but they stay there because they don't know how to listen to this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just that, that, that misalignment of, creates confusion. Right. And so, you yeah. know, you don't, you feel like you shouldn't be there, but you don't know where you should be. So it's like, all right, yeah. I'm going to stay where it's comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just keep doing this. And then, you know, maybe something will happen. Um, but I think what you said about setting the date, and like committing to it and just like, Oh, this is going to be the day. And then yeah. I'm going, I'm going to figure it out at that point. <laughs> I'm going to work on, I'm going to work. And you know, I'm not just going to wait till it's over. I'm going to work till it's over. Right. And then I'm, you know, whatever happens after that is, is going to be what it is. Yep. 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 And there's a, and there's a, and similar to what you were saying when you first told the guy, like, I don't think I'm coming back. Some people are not going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that's okay. As long as you understand, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned, mentioned briefly. So you, you still, you still at Florida, you have your, your second son. Um, how was, how was it adding, adding now another, another, another son to the, to the mix? How did that? <laughs> look, look, look here. The worst part about it was seeing that daycare bill go up. Oh, oh man. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy when they got out of that, bro. It, oh, that is crazy. 
<laughs> you know, when they say kids are expensive, you'd be thinking, oh, diapers and, you know, clothes, because they'd be out of clothes in like two weeks, right? You buy yep, some yep. no more. But when you get to putting them in the, into the daycare, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> Busting you over the head. I remember, I remember my wife, she was like, uh, yeah, I found a daycare. Um, it's like a two something. I was like, bet. I'm thinking two something a month. Man, yeah. it was every week we got to pay this. And then we had to add another child to that. I'm like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, and then they give you that sibling rate that make you feel like they be trying to make you feel like that's a good deal. Right. Like, right. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that, that sibling rate is just a little bit less than what I'm already paying. You know what I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so so how, they're they're eight and ten now, right? Or about to yep. be eight. About, yep. to, be about eight. to be eight. Um, and so so obviously you've had you know some time to really kind of embrace your fatherhood and, and and be you know you're you're not working in the corporate setting anymore. You kind of creating your own schedule and, and doing your thing and living in your purpose. Um, what what's your what's your 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 dynamic with them now? Like you get to spend a lot of time with them or you, you know, cause I know you travel, right? Like I see you yeah. in the hotel room right now, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, from when they were younger, you got to be present. So how do you, how are you balancing that now? Um, so I make sure like when I go home, it's just time, right? Like present time with them, you know, um, I do the things I try to create memories. Right. So, for example, I had them in swim lessons like once a week. Um, and I'm like, yo, it's three months. Yo, what's up? Y'all ain't swimming yet. Something, I got a, I got a problem with paying all this money and y'all ain't swimming. So what did I do? I said, you know what? We going old school. Y'all coming with daddy. We did nine days in a row in the pool. On that ninth day, they were swimming back and forth across the pool. You know what I'm saying? So just little stuff like that. I'm proud of. Right. I spend time and they love to spend time, with me, especially both of them love to spend time with me. But my youngest is like attached to my hip because he's ex we're exactly alike, exactly alike. Right. But both of them, as long as you got to enjoy the time when they want to spend with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes we'll just watch movies. We chilling. I'll just take them out, do whatever. But man, just spending that time. It ain't got to be nothing major. We we'll just go to the park and throw the ball or something. You know what I mean? So. I make sure to do that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times we we uh, because time is so so valuable and time you know it's hard to find the time right. You obviously got to make the time, but when when we like start to think about oh I got to spend time with my kids, it, it becomes like this big thing, right? But it doesn't really have to be because right. they like every minute of present time to them is like hours. Like oh, yep. we spent yep. all day with dad, and you be like. <laughs> That's been ten minutes. Dog. Like yeah, we ain't really, yeah. we ain't even really scratched the surface on doing nothing yet. But they'd be like, "Oh, dad," you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we just have to understand that it, it, taking. And I say this with my like fitness clients: like microdose it if you have to, right? Like we may not all have an hour to go to the gym. It's not realistic for everybody. But if you can get like fifteen minutes here in the morning, maybe you get like a little ten minute thing here, another five, like you you kind of break it up and, and as long as it, as long as it's effective, right. And it's, you have the intent and, and you're, you're present fully that 10 minutes in the morning that they, you know, where you're getting them ready for school. And then you, you know, the pickup time and you in the car and y'all vibing and really talking about what's yep. going on with their day, you know, that, that adds up and it feels like, Oh man, 
like any time I had today, I had with them. You know what I mean? It, it really, it really is beneficial for them and for you because you feel good about it. That's right. Real. That's real. Um, so I, I think, I think it's just like I mean, the thing, the theme is always going to be be present, right? You have to be yep. fully, fully available. Um, and I had the same situation. Like when I first, when I first left my my like in person training and started doing virtual stuff. Like I'll be on the computer, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I got to, you know, I got to send this email. I got to check this workout. I got to do this. And they, they're there, right? Cause we at home together and, and, but I look over and they looking at something I'm looking at something like, we're not even here together. Like you, you could have been gone 20 minutes ago and I wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Um, and so being, you know, closing that thing down and just, and just really just showing up in their life is super important. Super mm -hmm. important. That's real. That's real. So I got to ask you, cause this is, this is, this is personal guys, whatever I, podcast over. Um, my daughter, my youngest is, is into, into what she wants to act. She did a, um, acting camp over the summer, um, singing, dancing, acting it was like a full thing. They did a, they actually did a movie, had a movie premiere, um, which I thought was, I wasn't expecting it, but it was super cool. We went to the movie theater, the whole nine popcorn, everything. Yeah, right. Um, and so now we're trying to get her a little bit more into it, trying to find yeah. you know ways to kind of help her pursue that because she really enjoys it. Um, with your with your oldest, did you is it is it does he is he going to just like classes after school or are you are you guys doing something a little bit more more intense? Yeah, so um, he he's he's been in acting um, classes before. Okay, and it's interesting because he was doing the acting classes and he was like, I don't want to do this no more. I said, well, finish this out and you ain't got to do the next because they do them in increments, right? Mm -hmm. And he's really good at it. But I was like, I'm not forcing him to do something he don't want to do. Right. You know what I mean, and um, it's interesting because an audition came uh, and he went and auditioned for uh, Moana, like the musical, and he got he got a part. So he fell back in love. Then he auditioned for uh, Willy Wonka Kids, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Mm -hmm. He got like the lead part, you know what I mean? And so I'm saying all that to say, a lot of this has been like his natural talent. And we just took him to New York for his 10th birthday to see MJ the Musical, which was amazing. And uh, Hamilton, because he really oh, likes Hamilton. Cool. Yeah, but MJ was better than Hamilton, just to be very clear, right? Um, and I have a cousin that's been on Broadway for years, and so we connected with it, with him, and now we're about to pump it up to do like voice voice lessons and act more acting, and because now he's really serious about it, and he he knows what it takes to be on a stage like Broadway, and so just now we're starting to get more serious. So early on, it wasn't you know it was here and there doing some stuff. But now it's about to take it up another notch. Ah, okay, okay, all right. So just just let her let her explore, right? Let her, yeah, let her yeah. kind of feel her way around. Yeah, because it's funny. She she she's a she's a character, right? She's a character. She's like she's never off. She's always on. Um, right. And we were we have been talking about it for years. Like, hey, we'll get you some acting later. You should you you should be in a movie. Like, you're, it's too much, right? And then she was always, she's always been against it until this summer. She was like, I want to take acting classes. Now she's nonstop. Record me doing this and record me doing this and record. Like, okay, all right. So we found what you really like to do. And it may not, it may not be what you do forever, but it's what right. you want to do right now. So let's nurture that. Let's figure That's out right. 
where we can go with it, what we should do, uh, and then just let her kind of expand in it, right? Like just yeah. kind of get, get her into it, right? Let her find the levels of it, like you talked about uh, yeah. with purpose, right? Um, so I just was curious because I, I saw I saw a video of him acting. I'm like, oh man, oh man, this okay. He ain't messing around. <laughs> he ain't messing around. So, so I but was that's wondering. on him though. Like, you know those parents who like the helicopter parents. They're like, hey, dude. Like, no, I didn't do none of that. Me, me and my wife, we didn't do none of that. He wanted to do it. We like who? But now he's like, I really, I, he's like, when he when they start saying stuff like, this is gonna be my career. I love this. I want to go here. Like. I'm like, all right, let's take it to another level. You know what I'm saying? So you'll know when it's time to do that. But, you know, let them, let her have fun. And, you know, because that stuff can be, for some, it could feel like a job at a young age. You don't want, want it to feel like that. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. And I feel the same way about sports, especially because my oldest played – well, they both play softball, but, like, in Southern California, like, baseball, softball is year-round. Like, it ain't no, ain't no off-season. And uh, I keep telling her, like, as you get older, it's going to get more serious. I just want you to have fun right now because I know what it's yeah. going to turn into. Yeah. And, like, the older you get, the more you're going to have to kind of, like, start taking it serious. And the other day she was like, <laughs> she called it work. Like, she was like, I got to go to I got to work today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, All right, yeah. so we got to pull it back a little bit. I'm going to have to try to figure yeah. out how to make this fun for you because, you know, she's a pitcher. Uh, she plays second base. She can hit pretty well. So, like, on her team right now, she's one of the better players. And so they, they're they on her, right? They're, like, pushing. Like, you know what I mean? When you got the good kids on the team, you got to make sure they perform, right? right. So they're, they're on her and about, you know, are you doing extra work afterwards? They, they're calling me, hey, did she pitch today? Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> hey, you make it work for everybody. Right, um, right, right. So I, I'm trying to find ways to, like, keep it – fun like the games are always fun right like you have fun in the games but it's the time leading up to it that i gotta try to keep fun so she wants to continue to do it and doesn't yeah. get burned out because i mean at 10 years old you can't get burnt out at 10 you know that's way too <laughs> you burn out when you even you 20 right you burnt out <laughs> at 10 um so i'm trying to figure out ways and, and that's why i'm asking about about the acting thing because i can i can see already um just with the things she did this summer there was there was a singing component there was an acting component she had to try to be funny and be serious. Like she had all these different little things that she had to try to do. And she had a little monologue. She had to study. And I'm like, dang, it seemed like a yeah. lot for, for, for a seven-year-old. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to find the best way to address it um, and, and trying to, you know, make sure that they enjoy whatever it is that they do. That's for enjoyment right now. If it's part of if part of it is struggling, then we just got to go through the struggle. Right. But if yeah. we're doing it to enjoy it, let's find out ways we can still enjoy it. Um, and that's yeah. what I, I'm kind of looking for. I'm going to send you um, the class that my son was taking. It was virtual. Um, they're in Cali, though. And so they do in-person and they do a virtual. And this was during the pandemic when they went all virtual. But they do in-person and virtual. I'm going to have to send you that information so you can check them out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Please do that. Please do that. Um, okay. So we, we, we've covered a lot. Uh, we talked about, you know, a little bit of everything. Um but I had a couple couple questions for you, just a couple final questions to kind of put a bow on this thing and really um, really wrap it up. So it's a fatherhood podcast. Obviously, we we've talked about fatherhood, but but I don't know that we we got to um, figuring out and hearing from you. What does what does fatherhood mean to you? Yeah, <laughs> fatherhood 
to me means being able to being able to share all the parts of you to your children, right? Being close enough to be able to cry in front of your children, being able to laugh, being able to let them see your faults, let them see your successes, right? Letting them see you adapt, letting them see you adjust. It's 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 the ability to teach them with your actions versus your words, right? And so when I think about me as a father, I want to be the individual that comes to mind when they're in a situation and they say, what would my father do? Right? So that's how I think of father. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think as men, man, we, we struggle with, with having a full wheel of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only do we struggle with having them, right. But we, we really struggle with sharing them, right. Yeah, Opening up sure. and being, being vulnerable enough to, like you said, to, to cry, like, uh, to 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 give your child all of you, right? Because we we want to we kind of want to present ourselves as as you know uh, unshakable, unbreakable, right? We're the rock of the family, and everybody depends on us. But but you know it's it's important to let them know that, especially when you when you have sons who are now also going to be fathers and 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 leaders of their household, um, that a, a leader isn't isn't invincible. Right. Like there are there are going to be times where he's going to be tested and he's, you know, maybe even broken at times. But he has the ability to overcome those uh, because because of it. Right. So I think that's super important. Um, OK, last last question. It's a two part question. Um, and, and since since you are a, a, a dynamic speaker, um, you're going to to give a talk um, to a room, big room. Right stadium you sold out the stadium you sold out uh, msg right uh everybody's coming to see see dr joe and uh stadium is filled with fathers fathers only the the concession stand is full of fathers the ushers are fathers um and you get to go on and talk about whatever you want to talk about what is the message you want those fathers to hear yeah uh the message i always share right but I will start with two questions. Who are you is the first question. And the second question will be, what have you been lying to yourself about? Right. And the reason I would do that is because as men, a lot of times, one of the phrases that we like to use is I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the phrases we like to use is I could do this. I, I could do it by myself. I got this right. And as men, that's, 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 that's false. It's Mm -hmm. false. Right. And so we lie to ourselves and we create this programming of what we're supposed to look like. Well, let me say like this, what we think we're supposed to look like versus what we actually should be and who we should be and what we should look like. Right. And so those questions, who are you? I will walk them through an activity, right. On identity. And then I will have them write down some of the things that they've been lying to themselves about. And then I would end, right, with how many of you all have a therapist? How many of y'all have done any work in terms of internal healing, right? You, can, you may have all the money in the world, right? You may be a millionaire. You may have the cars, the homes, the women, the woman, whatever, partner, whoever it may be. But have you done that work on yourself? 
right? And that's what's most important because when you when you start doing the work on yourself, you're able to unleash your purpose. You're able to be who you're supposed to be. Now you can be the father that you need to be. Because I'm sorry, if you're not working on yourself, you will have flaws in your fatherhood. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So fellas, right now, write it down. Like, who are you? Right? And and, and what are you lying to yourself about? Those those are two very powerful questions. Very powerful questions. And, and the answers... The answers don't line up. Like if you're being honest with it and you answer that and they don't line up with who you say you are, or who you think you are, then you definitely need to do the work. You definitely should be doing the work. I mean, you should be doing the work anyway, right? Like you don't have to have a therapist because you have problems, right? You, you should be seeing right. it. It's like I said, like it's like oil change, right? Your car don't have to break down. You go get the oil change. Like, you know, it's time for oil change. Like you ain't, you're not going to let the engine lock up. You don't have to wait that long. Just go get it checked out. Like go, go get that, that annual service or whatever it is. Um, okay. Second part to this question. You're in a, in a much more intimate venue, smaller setting. Um, it's warm, it's comfortable. Um, because it's a smaller setting, you don't need ushers. You don't need concessions. Um, it's a sold out crowd, but it's only two people. And those two people are your sons. What message do you want them to hear? <laughs> Watch me fall and watch me get back up. Watch me fall. Watch me get back up. Watch me fall. Watch me get back up. And guess what? Every time that I fall, I want you to pay attention to how I get back up. There may be times where I can do it on my own. There may be times where I can't do it on my own. But the one thing that you're always going to see me do is ask for help and take the lesson out of whatever I went through. Yeah, that's powerful too, man. I should like I should have known asking these questions you was going to give us <laughs> you was going to give us some gems, man, but but yeah, I think I think you again, 100%, bro. I, I getting back up, asking for help how you get back up right because a lot of times we get back on our feet but we don't let nobody know how we did it you know we, yep, we, yep. we hide that from everybody we just yep. want to show that we're doing good and we don't show that you know it was a process getting back to the top yeah the process being able to stand on our own two feet again um we just disappear right we ghost people and then we show back up where we okay yeah um, yep. and, and that's that's important again to be vulnerable with the people that are closest to you, right? It draws right. them closer to you. It endears them to you because you're not, you're not impossible, right? Like I think we all at some point look at our dad as like our first superhero and we see superheroes um, and we only remember them as being superheroes. But we, if you look at any movie, right? And this is why I don't like Marvel movies and you guys can crucify me for yeah. that. Is that every movie is exactly the same. They're exactly the same. No matter who the character is, he's Superman and then Superman's losing, right? they beating Superman's ass, right? And then all of a sudden, Superman, Superman comes DC, back. Just, and they, just so you know, Superman is DC. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm what, it's the, it's, hey, it's the same thing. Okay, we can go Rocky. It's the same thing, right? All of these hero movies, it's all the yeah. same. It's like we only remember the hero for the heroic yeah. stuff that they're doing. But somewhere along the middle of the movie, that hero was getting the dog snot beat out of him, right? right. Like he's losing, he's losing, he's losing. And then he comes back and be and he becomes the hero again. That when we celebrate and we, you know, we're running up the stairs with Rocky and we're cheering yeah. because the hero overcame adversity. 
and we forget that part, right? Yeah. Like we know Rocky fought the Russian guy. We know he fought, and you know we know who he fought, but we ain't really focused on how badly he was getting beat, yeah. right? We don't remember those punches. We remember when Rocky ducked one and yeah. caught him. Like we remember when he started being Rocky again. Yeah. But it's super yeah. important to understand that even your heroes have struggles that they overcome. Yeah. And yeah. the struggle is not to be forgotten, right? That's it's a right. lesson in that struggle, yeah. right? And we got to take that lesson and move forward. And that's really important to share with your kids at all ages, right? At some ages, they may not be ready to hear, you know, they may not be ready to experience it. Um, but even babies fall down and get back up and keep walking. That's right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not... It's not reserved just for adults. Everybody needs to learn those lessons. And it's important that as fathers, we share them with our children. You, you, you know, you got me thinking. I share, I share this all the time. Um, and what I tell people is, and this is usually just in conversation, I say, uh, from my experience in this world that we live in, they love winners. Like, absolutely. When you win and they love you but they love to see you fall, right? It's always interesting. Sports dynasty teams, they ball and they kill every single year and people start to get mad at them and hate on them. Like, yo, like, yo, but so they love you when you winning. They, they, even more, they love to see you fall, but even more mm -hmm. in this world we live in, they love the comeback. They mm -hmm. love the comeback story. You know what I'm saying? So the they comeback is always available. Always. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Like the redemption story, right? Yep. How they came back is always it always sells. It always sells. But yeah, when you're winning, when you're up, man, like like Patriots were, you know, rocking for the longest of times, right? And every year, people are like, man, I hate the Patriots, right? Yeah. <laughs> people still hate the Cowboys. Haven't been real good in a long time. People still hate the Cowboys because of the dynasty. You know what I mean? Like yeah, people, yeah. people hate the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like for no reason. It's just a bunch of good dudes. They're not out like beating up people and getting like scandals and nobody getting exactly. in trouble. They just winning games. People are like I, I hate them. Can't yeah, wait till they lose. But if they lose and come back, everybody's gonna jump right on that wagon. Oh man, that's right. Oh, look at the Warrior. You know. Um, so yeah, that's that's super dope. Hey man, that's I, I um. That's why I love my hometown, Milwaukee Bucks, baby. It took 50 years, but Giannis didn't go nowhere, and we got that championship. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, again, one of those – they would say it's like a Cinderella story, right? Like, But it, it, it was work put in. It was work. Like, guys were working, 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 and struggling and failing, struggling and failing and building off the last guy, right, and taking a step back and then building back up till they get to this right. point. But it was always it's all that work that led up to it, right? It's not it's not something that happens overnight, um, and people yeah. will see it that way. Like, oh, they sucked last year, and all of a sudden they were good this year. But that ain't it, man. Guys are working and getting better. Yeah. Um. All right, man. So if if uh, people want to get in touch with you, um, people want to. Well, let me back up. Is it? Do you, are you? Are you? Uh, I know you're doing some coaching. Um, I know. I know. I see. I see it pop up on my timeline. I know you're doing some things. Um. We want to talk to us a little bit. I'll give you opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about because I think it's an important, important work from what I've seen. Right. I haven't obviously been in a part of the program, but, but from the from the ads that I've seen and from the things that you posted, um, I think you're doing some some really, really good work. Um, and I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that just for for a minute, kind of because uh, I think it's something that could benefit everybody. Um, but I think a lot of fathers could see, see a lot of growth from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> 
Research says about 52% of Americans are unhappy at work. They say about 71% are disengaged and another 50 some percent are actively looking for a new job while at work, right? And I know for me, I've been in those, all of those spaces, right? In, in, in terms of my mindset and where I was in life. And so everything I do is purposeful and intentional. So part of my purpose is to help individuals transition from where they are to where they want to be. And that's what my coaching program is, right? So if you if you feel like you want to move up in whatever career that you're in right now, I'll help you in that transition. If you feel like you want to go to a totally different career, I'll help you in that transition. If you feel like you want to go from career to being an entrepreneur, I'll help you in that. Because that transition piece is what I focus on. How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? And I'm helping you all through here and coaching you for 12 weeks to get through. So my program is very simple, right? You can go to workwithdrjoe.com. I do a masterclass every single month, um, walking people through a particular method that I created. Um, but most important, just go to workwithdrjoe.com, W-O-R-K-W-I-T-H-D-R-J-O-E.com, workwithdrjoe.com. Or if you're on Instagram all the time, shoot me a DM. I'm probably going to send you right to workwithdrjoe.com, but send me a DM <laughs> at Joe Johnson. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's important um, to note, because, like I said, a lot of a lot of fathers being being the provider in the household, or at least feeling like the need to be the provider in the household are in careers where they're not being fulfilled um, or doing jobs that they hate because they have to do them. Um, but it could be really nice to have a job and a career and a life that you really enjoy all the yeah. way around. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so making that transition and, and getting getting the coaching to make that transition. So because the, the thing I love about coaching is like it closes the gap. Right. Because yeah. you could probably do some of this stuff on your own. You could probably Google some stuff or YouTube some stuff. But you're going to you're going to you're going to fail more times than necessary. Right. Yeah. A coach is yeah. like a like a guide. Right. Like a like you go you go to visit a foreign country. You get a tour guide. You don't just hop off the bus and start walking around. Right. You get right. a tour guide because a tour guide has been there before. They walk that path. They can tell you, hey, there's a cliff over there. Don't go too far. Yeah. Quick sand right there. Hey, there's a rope swing over that thing. Like they can kind of guide you in a way that that keeps you safe from harm. There's going to be failures no matter what, right? There's going to be, it's going to be hot on the trail. Like it ain't no, the, the tour guy can't put a shade over the top of you, <laughs> but they can tell you where the nearest shade tree is on the path. Um, and that, like closing the gap and, and erasing some of those unnecessary mistakes, um, you know, is it, super important. It, it expedites the process. So if you're trying to move from one stage to another, um, it, it's nice to get there fast. You know what I mean? You could take the Greyhound from, from California to Florida, but, they got flights going out every night. You know what I mean? You don't have to go that way. Um, so yeah, so hey man, look, I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know, I know you're busy. Um, and we've been going back and forth trying to put this thing together. Yeah. So I'm glad that you you hit me like, hey, and force me though. Like you, you, you yeah, I was like, because I'm like, yo, today I didn't plan nothing. I'm finna chill with the family. Like you I was literally in the bed, cover covers on, like, yo, I'm just chilling. And uh and like you, when you said it, like it convicted me immediately. Like, yo, this is you're supposed to be doing this. Like, don't be making no, don't make no excuses. Like, right now, yeah. figure it out right now. Um, and yeah. so, so I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you uh, giving me that coaching this morning, uh, giving us this message, uh, you know, right now of, of purpose and fatherhood. And, and I, I super appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, thank you, brother. Thank you. 
Man, I appreciate it, man. I'm watching you keep keep going, man. Some people some people start this process of what you're doing, and they stop, man. I think it's some, it's some great work, man. I've been paying attention to what you've been doing, just like career wise, family stuff. So, man, you keep doing it as well, man. I appreciate you, bro. All right, hey, man. I'm gonna let you go. Enjoy the hotel room. Uh, set the the the, the thermostat to like seventy ish, <laughs> like nice and cool and crisp. <laughs> and enjoy it, right? Um, and then and then I'll, I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, bro. Appreciate you. Peace. All right, man. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at you can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. <laughs>